Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. A world more exciting than this. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... B-b-b-buttons? Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. <laughs> Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. <laughs> and daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents to set them free. This year, when adventure comes knocking, some doors that should never be opened. I'm not scared! Coraline, written for the screen and directed by Henry Selleck, presented in Real D3D. Hello, everybody, and uh, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Everything Horror. I am your host, Tessa Baker, and I'm joined by my fiance, Paul Dorsky. And tonight we are talking about the dark, uh, dark fantasy horror Coraline, um, which was done in February of 2009, and we're here tonight to talk about the 10th anniversary of it. That's right. Here's a brief synopsis of the film itself. While exploring her new home, a girl named Coraline discovers a secret door behind which lies an alternate world that closely mirrors her own, but in many ways is better. She rejoices in her discovery until the other mother and the rest of her parallel family try to keep her there forever. Coraline must use all of her resources and bravery to make it back to her family and life. So... What did you what did you think of Coraline when I first showed it to you? Um, that it reminded me of like a Tim Burton movie, even though it's not. And that humor in it is very interesting. Like with Coraline, with the whole uh, "Why were you born?" because of her friend name. Yeah, YB. Yeah, YB. Yeah. Because YB sounds like "Why were you born?" as she put it, or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, because his grandmother, call like, when she calls for him, she says, why born? Yeah. So that's where Coraline comes up with why were you born from why born? Why born? 
so the first time I ever saw Coraline, I actually saw it in 3D. And that was actually very interesting uh, to see this film in 3D. My DVD itself also has uh, 2D and 3D, and it came with uh, 3D glasses, too. So there were certain parts of the film that you could see, like, that popped really well with the 3D aspect, and it was usually parts with the other mother played by Terry Hatcher when it was more towards the end of the film with Coraline trying to get away from her and get back home and the whole room turned into like this giant spider web and then Coraline gets pulled down into the spider web and then you got the other mother aka Beldum jumping down into the web trying to pounce on Coraline and you and you really see her pop out of the screen and in that aspect. There's other certain there's certain other parts of the film as well that pop more than others like uh, the garden scene with the other father taking Coraline up in the machine to hover over the uh, garden. Yeah. Yeah. That part that part pops. Um, the ghost children their hands when they're trying to help Coraline close the door that pop. The other mother aka Beldum's hand chasing after Coraline trying to drag her back to the house that part pops. There's certain parts of the film that pop more than others. I overall enjoyed the film. I thought it was great and like Paul was saying and I agree with him it does it definitely has a Tim Burton-esque feel to it even though it technically was not directed by Tim Burton. It was directed by Henry Selleck but still it feels like a Tim Burton mo movie because of the atmosphere and the humor and the like the uh, graphics of the film itself the puppeteering and things like that let's talk about the cast actually Dakota Fanning was played by Coraline Jones for those of you that have seen like Dakota Fanning and other movies She's played in uh, War of the World, Man on Fire, I Am Sam, Uptown Girl, so on and so forth. The other mother, played by uh, Terry Hatcher, some of you have probably seen her in movies like Lois and Clark and TV shows like Supergirl and 007, Tomorrow Never Dies, Tango and Cash, Desperate Housewives, Desperate Housewives, MacGyver. And then you've got Keith David, who plays the cat in the movie, and the cat doesn't actually have a name. And Keith uh, David was in movies like The Thing, The Princess and the Frog, They Live, Platoon, There's Something About Mary, etc. So that's some of the cast that they actually have in the movie, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. And I think overall they chose a good cast to voice over the characters of the movie. Who played but, the father? Who played the father? The other father was played by John Hodgman. He was also in Baby Mama, Bored to Death, Movie 43, The Lying Invention, The Daily Show, Perfect Pitch 2, Learning to Drive, some other stuff that I haven't heard of, really. That's just some of the cast that was in in this film but I think overall they chose good actors to voice over their characters what did you think I'm only familiar with a couple of these characters but otherwise or actors I should say and otherwise I think it fit the atmosphere of the film to help bring the characters come to life so I I say 
good job everybody for helping to film out. And the use and the use of humor in the film was pretty pretty good. Yeah, we already like Yeah, we touched explored, on that with talking about why why born, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then there was another weird one that I'm I actually just forgot now. But yeah, there was another one that was just like Oh really? yeah, Wyborn with uh, Wyborn with Coraline with the like King Slug pictures yeah, and stuff. Yes. That was kind of kind of cute and funny. I liked uh, the cat's cat's sense of humor and Coraline's sarcasm and how they like played off of each other. The wolf push. Yeah, the wolf push and stuff like that. And when the cat was talking to Coraline in the parallel world, like actually talking to her. Yeah, he's like, oh, I thought I was a wuss puss or something like that. I'm just a big fat wuss puss. <laughs> so, Boy. so how about we talk about the elements of horror in this in this film, babe? We've got uh, the ghost kids, um, which was interesting how that was brought into the mix. The ghost kids were um, showed in the parallel world. When Coraline was thrown into, like, this mirror prison after she pissed off the other mother, essentially, and made her very mad. And, um, told her that the other mother was not her mother and blah, blah, blah. So, she got thrown into the mirror world as punishment and there she met the ghost kids of the previous children that were there before her that were tricked by the other mother. And talked about how they came to be stuck there and... Everything else of how they were trapped, yeah. Yeah, how they were trapped there. And I thought that was actually kind of dark for the film, but then again, this isn't a kid's movie anyways. And why is it not a kid movie? Because of the fact that there's death in the movie. Where? Um, the ghost children. They talk about how the Beldum, a.k.a. the other mother, sewed buttons in their eyes. And she essentially took their souls and ate up their lives. And the other mother, a.k.a. Beldum, she's like this spider, spider creature that eats everything like she eats things she eats souls she eats bugs she's she's essentially a predator so also other elements of horror in the film are are the button eyes and the reason why this is considered an element of horror is because uh the other mother uh tries to get Coraline to stay with her and she says well there's something you have to do first and you and it's essentially you have to let me sew buttons into your eyeball sockets with a needle and thread so I thought that was kind of dark dark yes because she wants to sew buttons into her eyeballs so yeah that that's an element of horror the other mother is considered uh an element of horror as well because her transformation throughout the movie at first she starts out as like this mirror image of Coraline's mother the only difference is that she has buttons for eyes and she's very nice and she's very she's very very nice and she cooks yes so um and the father um is kind of played into it as well where he's more of a mm, drunk in reality versus in the parallel universe he's more of a 
like up up upbeat guy who likes to do all sorts of things like, like play the piano play even piano it's not him. and gardening and stuff like that but the reason why uh the other mother and the other father are considered elements of horror in this movie is the breakdown of their characters throughout the entire throughout the film so seeming seemingly normal when Coraline first meets them, other than they both have buttons for eyes and they have um, some other differences from their human counterparts in Coraline's world. Like Paul was saying, the other mother was very nice. The father uh, obviously likes to play piano and stuff like that. Stuff that the father in the other world doesn't like to do. The father in the other world, Coraline's real father, actually is a writer and works all the time. He's a workaholic. And it shows up drunk at his job. Yeah. The reason why they're considered elements of horror is the mother, other mother reveals herself. She transforms throughout the film and she slowly starts to turn into this spider creature. And the other father, his digression is he turns into like this, this pumpkin creature. This, this guy with essentially a human head and a pumpkin body. Um, what, is it a pumpkin or a squash? A pumpkin or a squash. It's like, I don't know, it's hard to tell. It's like a mix between the two. It's like some kind of pumpkin squash creature. I think she said what he was. Well, he was like, like, like the other mother. Don't don't the uh, squash, the garden need tending to pumpkin or something, something like, like that. Something like that. I don't know. Anyways, so the, the other parents are considered elements of horror in this movie the parallel universe itself is considered an element of horror considering the fact of how it changes as time goes on and when Coraline starts to rebel against it it changes against her uh for example the um the char- the parallel characters of Miss Spink and Forcible and their dogs. Again, when Coraline first meets them, they're seemingly normal, except for button eyes and stuff like that. But the horror aspect of them is when Coraline goes to collect one of the eyeball, uh, one of the children's eyes, which are actually referred to as objects in this parallel universe. Like, the boy's eyeball is, like, a driver shaft for a stick shift on a gardening machine. And one of the ghost girl's eyeballs is a pearl ring, which Miss Fink and Forcible have. And when Coraline goes to claim it, she reaches into, like, this taffy taffy wrapper of spink and forcible like bound together like taffy and she has to like unbind their hands and try to take the ring and miss spink and forcible are like this twisted like morphed taffy monster and their dogs are vampire bat or vampire bat dogs when in reality they're like angels yeah when in reality in the real world they're considered angels by the normal spink and force. Mr. Bobinski, um, same thing. Buttons for eyes when you first meet him look seemingly normal, except for that, aside from that. And then as the movie goes on, the more it gets towards the end, Mr. Bobinski morphs and he ends up turning into his, uh, 
true form, we'll say. His true form, for lack of better wording, which is his... Um, Powell universe? No, the, he becomes the rats. Right. He becomes the, the rats that he trains, yeah. which in reality, the real Mr. B is training uh, jumping mice to do like this circus show type of deal. So the parallel universe Mr. B is a, like, his whole body is made up of all these uh, rats that he's training and... Or the jumping mice as the real world Mr. B would yes. call them. Yes, and they also have one, their head mouse or head rat or whatever actually has the third ghost child's eye, which is a red small bouncy ball with like a gold star on it so as as we mentioned the the lost children's eyes the whole the whole way that that plays into it is when Coraline um discovers that her parents are missing and that the other mother has taken them because she had escaped back home back to her home looking for her family and her family wasn't there and she found out that the other mother had taken their her parents and she was using them as a way to kind of bait Coraline to come back to the parallel world so that she could keep her so she goes back to the parallel world or parallel universe to face off with the other mother to get back her parents and she has to play a game with the other mother and essentially what she has to do is not only does she have to find the three ghost children's eyes in those those objects that i previously mentioned she also has to find her parents and the beldam only gives her a hint for where to find the ghost children's eyes. In each of three wonders I have made for you, a ghost eye is hidden in plain sight. She has to play the game with the other mother, and if she wins, she gets her family, and she gets to go home. If she loses, she has to stay behind and let the beldam sew buttons into her eyes. So I thought that that was, that was pretty cool how they did that. How Coraline's, like, last battle with her, essentially, is to play a game with her. Kind of like, what's up? Do you want to play a game? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I was just, I was just joking around. Like, I made, like, a Saw reference. Like, do you want to play a game? There you go, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> So, what did you think of the char characters in the parallel universe um, versus their reality characters? Well, I guess it would be like what anybody would be really wanting in real life, I guess. For those that kind of have that really, I don't want to say nasty family, but I'll say like uh, more, of, more or less like, you know, the torn apart family per se in reality versus the parallel universe characters which is all nice and go-lucky where yeah make you want to stay as uh as she the other mother wanted her to so besides that you knew something was up when um the button-eyed uh, YB was like sad and then the other mother was trying to tell him like smile 
keep a smile. So that's when you kind of knew, like, uh-oh. And then later on, you see the other dad where he's sitting in the piano room, but this time... He's mopey. He's mopey because he can't really talk without Mother being around, so, yeah. He pulls energy from her, too. Yes. Yeah, she's like, she's like a, she's like a power outlet, and he said something to the effect of, all will be well once Mother gets her, uh, Mother is rested. And he said something else to Coraline, like, can't talk when mother's not around. Well, not just that, but he meant she. Coraline mentions Wybe. Well, I'll just get the other Wyborn's help, and he's just like, no use. Wybe pulled a long face, and mother didn't like it. Oh yeah, yeah. So she had uh, essentially uh, pinned up Wybe's face to make him smile because he wasn't smiling enough for her. So he had to. Pin, pin his face in place to hold a smile. Which how Coraline ended up getting out of the mirror ghost tr- prison area was the other YB pulled her out. And what else did the other mother do to YB in the universe? Well, after, um, besides making him smile, she took away his voice. He didn't have a voice in the parallel world. Um, he was a mute. And when YB helped Coraline escape back to her universe before she had to come back and face off with Mother, when she did come back to face off with Mother and she was heading to Mr. Bobinski to face off with him to get the ghost child's eye from there, which was the third eye, YB, or I should say what was left of the other YB, was hanging like a flag out on Bobinski's porch so that's dark in itself correct our thoughts on the film first time versus 10 years later my thoughts pretty much haven't changed from the first time that i've seen it versus like now 10 years down the road um i still love it as much as i watched it the first time i i still enjoy it um it's actually one of my favorite Uh, movies that has like a Tim Burton feel to it that's part of my collection so I it's one of those movies where I probably wouldn't get sick of it I just enjoy all the elements and the aspects of it how about you babe uh for first time seeing it versus now I guess I can't really say too much because I didn't see it when it first came out so uh I guess within almost a three-year span or two and a half or whatever it was um for first time yeah i mean i i enjoyed it like i said it reminded me of almost like a tim burton film just by the way of the atmosphere the dark humor and everything else it would write up a movie that something tim burton would pull out i think and that's what i enjoy and for being two and a half years i guess of seeing this again or whatever uh that I can't really say 10 years because, like I said, I didn't see it when it first came out. Uh, I still enjoy it. It still reminds me of, like, something, like I said, Tim Burton does. So, let's talk about the toys for Coraline. I actually have three of the, I think there's six, 
three of the five or six character uh, characters for Funko Pop for it, actually. And I have um, the other mother. I have Coraline with the cat. I have the Coraline doll. But there's also an exclusive Coraline figure where she's wearing her hat from the movie. With the raincoat. With the raincoat. And then there's also um, Mr. Bobinski. And then there's just the regular plain Coraline with the raincoat with no hat. So I have um, three of the six characters. Right. Oh, it looks like Mr. B even comes with a little jumping mouse. Yeah, Mr. B comes with a um, yeah, one of mouse. his little one of his little mouses from the show. Yeah, it looks like the leader. Yeah, I think so because it has the little hat. Yeah. So there's that. There's the six Funko Pop figures, which they actually recently came out in two at the end of 2018. There's also uh, NECA figures for. Uh, Coraline as well. I believe there's a Coraline figure itself. I'm looking to see what else there is. There's the, the doll. There's uh, the other mother. There's a NECA figure of Coraline with the doll. And then YB with the cat. And there's actually a Coraline like uh, size. That's, that's actually coming out too. What yeah. you're looking at right now. This, the NECA figure, yeah, that's up for pre-order and it ships in February. And that's about, that runs about twenty eight ninety nine. I think my Funko Pops ran what, like... Six something. Six something a piece, I think. Or ten bucks. Or ten, you did between, that. between six to twelve. Yeah. Um, there's also a NECA Coraline figure with Coraline in her rain jacket rain jacket and her uh her uh rain boots. There's actually a NECA Coraline doll prop replica uh replica that's like ten inches. Um there's actually some other stuff too like there's some merchandise like T shirts and other various things that were made into toys from the movie. Yeah. Which I thought that was pretty cool too. And um, there's also books for it as well, which um, I'm going to let Paul talk about that a little bit. Well, there's nothing really too much to discuss about it except for that it looks like the book came out before the movie from what I'm, what we were seeing. Because it looked like it came out sometime in 2008, while the movie came out in 2009. It was this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the one by Neil Gaiman. Yes. Yeah. So, so what Paul and I were thinking was that maybe the book came out before the actual movie, and they maybe tried to base the movie off of the book? I'm assuming that's what it is, because... If we look at that other picture of Cor Coraline for the hardcover, it's completely different. Yeah, it's a completely different cover. And then if we look at the, I want to say the mass market one, it's still the same one, but... If you switch it to paperback, it's the one from, like, the movie. Yeah, and then what about the library binding one? 
Okay, that's that still shows like the same. Yeah, so there's or, there's different there's different artworks for different covers between the soft cover and artwork. the hard it's just images. Not even that. It's just core line, just words. I can't show you the image yeah, because I'm you not guys, finding it. Yeah, you guys can't really see can't really see what we're looking at but like Coraline at the end of the movie and like Coraline how it's written on my Funko Pop boxes over there and stuff like that it's like this it's like C and then the O is like a button and then R A and then the L is the cat and then I N E with you pointing something out about the cat well, at like at the end of at the end of the film, um, the cat is seen sitting on like perched up on the uh, pink palace sign for the apartment building, and he ends up getting up and walking into like the lamp like the post of it and like disappearing. So what I had said to Paul for that, and I what I've read is that in, in like folk and like folklore and um cat magic cat magic and stuff like that that cats are considered to be like travelers or messengers and they can travel to like different dimensions like spiritual plane and thing things like that so what i was thinking is like maybe like it was like the cat was going to like like the like a parallel world or like a different plane yeah and then as far as books goes i think that's really about it um the only thing that i will say is there is a Coraline soundtrack but good luck trying to find a uh, copy since it came out uh around the same time as the movie and without buy i mean without having to buy it overseas you're almost looking at over a hundred bucks for the thing, for the original soundtrack. But which is crazy. Yeah, but Coraline did come out on vinyl too, so you might have a better chance, I guess, getting it on vinyl. Well, in that case, I'd probably get it on vinyl. I know Paranorman did, but that's another story. So or episode. So. Like, the Google search is saying that there is a Coraline graphic novel, um, and then there's, like, a chapter book by Neil, and they're, and they're both by Neil, uh, Game, Gaiman. Gaiman? Yeah. So, there are a couple of books for you, uh, Coraline likers. Um, there's a lot of, uh toys for Coraline, like Funko Pops and NECA and stuff like we discussed before. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything else that we have to add. Do you, is there anything that you can think of, or do you think that we pretty much covered it? I think we pretty much covered it in that for 10 years, it's still pretty good. Yep, I agree. 10 years later, it's still good. Bravo. So, that concludes our little short podcast episode for the 10th anniversary for Coraline. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the listen. Um, I was your host, hostess tonight, Tessa Baker, and I was joined by my fiancé. Paul Oki.
and we are from Everything Horror Podcast. And as always, as we like to say, stay scary. scary.